Godzilla vs. Kong is the fourth entry into Legendary's MonsterVerse, but is this matchup of the decade a god thriller, or is it a King Dong? Oh, that didn't feel right to say. I'm still Mike. And I'm still Darren. And this is Popscorn. the Foul Entertainment Dick Joke podcast, as as is tradition. Uh, it's also a movie review podcast. And today we are taking a look at Godzilla vs. Kong, released, oh God, 26th of March 2021 on HBO Max and in select theatres, but also available to rent in the UK. I hope I got that right. Yeah, it was out here on the 7th of April, um, was when that came out. Was oh. it earlier? I don't remember. No, it's, it wasn't. It, First of Sorry, April is when it came out on um, well Sky Stories. How I managed to get hold of it. Yeah, we're really suffering for not having uh, either HBO Max or or cinemas open at all. We're really having to try and find. Well, we're really having to pay fifteen pounds for a movie ticket where we don't get the full movie experience. That's more the fucking issue. Yeah. And to be fair, if there's any movie I really would have preferred to see in cinemas, it would have been this one. Yeah, like scale is certainly something that is lost through streaming. With a lot of the Oscar movies, you, because they are mostly character-driven stories, it doesn't really matter what size of your screen you're watching it on. It, but something like this, like I, you can, you can actually truly start to appreciate why Marvel have been delaying their movies time after time to make sure that they come out with theaters open. Because this is this this one really feels like it suffers from not having a wide cinema, well, a wide cinema experience in the, in the US for sure, because it's only select theaters. But over here, there is nothing. You what you watched it on streaming first. I feel so sorry for the team that created this, because that is not how this film should have been viewed. Good God, no! I mean, it is not a good time to be in the cinema business at the moment. Not some. I mean, encapsulated perfectly by the fact that the cinema. I used to work at is not reopening. Uh, my beloved slash quite shit Warsaw showcase uh, is becoming a car dealership, and that's the world we live in now. Uh, so isn't that great? And I would have loved nothing more than this to be even the last film I saw there because this uh, we're about to give it a lot of praise. I feel at least I am. But yeah, oh yeah, you've met me, right? I have. I have. <laughs> I really wanted to add um, uh, uh, the times they are a changing underneath you talking about Warsaw Showcase. There, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I was hoping like we'd be able to go back and at least watch one more. But now the last film I ever saw at that cinema was The New Mutant, so that's good. Um, which <laughs> is actually thematically relevant, isn't it? Like the final entry into a franchise that no longer matters. <laughs> Was seen at a cinema that no longer mattered. <laughs> had its heyday oh. in the early 2000s, yep. Yep, yep. Fair enough. So that's Rest nice. in peace, animal fuckers. I know, I know. Mis oh, sex and a tooth fairy. All that good <laughs> business. Anyway, sorry to talk about a cinema that I guarantee only maybe 1% of you have ever been to. 
let's talk about Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, yeah, but Hans, like, I'm glad we've just finished doing a Justice League review, and these two movies could not be further apart in my estimation, in terms of one that is just an overly long, self-serious slog of a movie, versus this short, stupid, wonderfully fun movie to watch. They could not be more polar opposites. The film feels like it was written and directed by a child smashing his action figures together, and it is all the better for it. it it's so fucking... It's fun, thunderingly stupid, and I would not have had it any other way. Yeah, it's... it's You're not here for nuanced people. This is not going to trouble... Like, maybe some of the technical Oscars, maybe, but you are not here for any... In fact... The character like notes I've made are literally just an actor's name and then a thumb up or a thumb down. That's as far <laughs> as I got in terms of talking about the the human characters because they ultimately don't matter. But this is one of those rare monster movies that kind of knows that and doesn't really try to make them more important, which is the biggest pitfall that the uh, the first movie in this monster verse, the 2014, I want to say, Godzilla movie. Yes, um, you're right. That one massively fell into that hole of thinking we gave two shits about the human characters because I we do not and we never will. Uh, all the Transformers movies fall into that problem as well. I'm happy to say this one doesn't because King Kong is very much the protagonist. Yep, it, King Kong's your main character, and it starts it much. I can't believe I'm going to make this uh, comparison, but much like 1917, it starts and ends <laughs> with him. <laughs> Like, oh, wow. in, in the exact same way that, like, that 1917 starts and ends with Schofield uh, taking a nap in a trench. Um, this movie starts and ends with King Kong doing his business in the jungle. I love the Kong waking up opening that feels like, like a serial advert that's gone out of hand. Like... <laughs> You're like, fuck me, Cocoa Pops have got a big budget yeah, this year. Right? Like, it, it's literally Kong doing like a waking up montage of he's having a shower he's scratching his ass it's great it's so dumb so <laughs> kong is undeniably a everyman protagonist somehow um and we find out so, so it, it feels much more like i know they've both got double billing and in fact kong is second in the title this very much feels like a sequel to kong skull island much more so than it does anything as like a follow-up to any of the Godzilla movies we've had. Pretty much, yeah. And and that's not a bad thing, because oh. Kong Skull Island, m before before this, may have been in the running to be my favourite of this lot, um, of these four movies. And I really did like King of the Monsters, regardless mm. of its problem with tone when it came to the human characters. But Kong Skull Island was just a great fucking time, and it takes way more notes from Kong Skull Island than it does either of the Godzilla movies. And again, that's a brilliant decision. It also works thematically because ultimately, I know everybody was looking forward to this and I know people that were like, well, I can't wait to watch King Kong beat the shit out of Godzilla. I'm like, okay, walking nuclear power plant with a tendency to uh, go off at the slightest inconvenience versus monkey. There's a, yeah. there's a bit of a power imbalance here. So it works to have the underdog as your main character. 
It does. Now, they have scaled Kong up from... Um, Literally. Kong yeah. So he was in uh, he was in his adolescence in the 70s, which is when Skull Island is set. So he's now... He's still slightly shorter than Kong, but it's not as one-sided as it would have been back then. He's He's only, like, maybe, like, 20 foot shorter than Godzilla. And, you know, we're working with scale there. So ultimately, it makes no difference because he's slightly more agile than Kong so they're pretty much on an even keel physicality wise like obviously still Godzilla can do a lot more than Kong can but it's not that one side as it could have been so the basic premise is so when we left things off in um, King of the Monsters Godzilla is now undisputed alpha monster kaiju everyone else is bearing down to him the Mutos from the first film, they bow down to him at the end of that film. Um, basically, everyone's fallen in line with Godzilla. The humans kind of realised this and, and knew of Kong. And it's they kind of hint at the end of that movie that they kind of knew about the ancient rivalry between the Kongs and the Godzillas. So, in an effort to kind of stop there being a war for who's going to be the alpha monster of planet Earth, they basically locked. They basically did the same thing they did to the Simpsons in the Simpsons movie. Of they put a big old dome over him and made it the Truman Kong show. It's great. Like he's literally in his own little bubble with a synthetic, you know, a digital sky and everything. But Kong seems to like have figured this out by the time we start the movie. He he's during his waking up sequence, he literally gets a tree, strips it of all its branches, and then after he's talked to like his little the um, a member of the tribe that we saw back in Kong Skull Island, he just hurls this tree at the sky and like breaks the screen that the sky was on. So he knows this, but the humans are content with it for the moment because they're like, well, yeah, he's starting to get a bit self-aware and he might try and break out, but if we let him free we're going to be inviting World War Kaiju onto our shores. And that's a bad idea. Yes, a very bad idea. It's um, it's one of those situations, and it's, it's weird to see um, Kong almost kind of accept that he's in a, a fabricated reality. Knowing what we know about Kong in Skull Island, where he's very much the king of this domain, he's he's oddly content. I mean, he's thrown, by about 20 minutes into the movie, he's thrown several trees into the dome as a sign of his uh, displeasure. But he's not ever broken out. No. And I think I think this is done in, in a, a sense to serve this idea of Kong being your protagonist because he has to be able to put up with the humans. Ergo, his uh, relationship with uh, a very young girl uh, from the same tribe that was present in the Kong Skull Island movie that uh, John C. Riley found when he crash landed his plane. Um, I'm going to have to get this actress's name up on Wikipedia now because she's actually really good. I, I was I actually believed that relationship that they had going on, that they they were very much of two separate species who'd managed to find a way to communicate was weirdly very very well done um actress was uh, kaylee hottle who plays gia in the movie who is a, a deaf orphan of the the iwi natives from skull island who i genuinely was like this is what makes the kong protagonist stuff work and it also kind of it, it starts to humanize it because there's there's that attempt in king of the monsters especially with um 
Ken Watanabe's character, who, spoiler alert for a nearly five-year-old movie. Actually, when did that come out? 2019? No, I think it was like 2018, I want to say. 2018. Yeah, that feels about right. So it's a three-year-old movie now. Um, Like, Ken Watanabe very much gives his life for Godzilla in that film. Mm -hmm. And it's this idea that Godzilla is the protector. Um, So in order to make these two protectors fight... You have to do something with both of them. For Kong, it's a lot easier. You make him able to communicate with the humans in much the same way as we've seen in in real life. You know, you get a little bit of like that Jane Fossey kind of vibe um, and Coco the gorilla, that kind of, you know, they, they learn through sign language, which is very, very interesting to watch. Where I don't think it works as well is how you have to make Godzilla, at the very least, the anti-hero. Hmm. Because you ha- there has to be a reason for these two to fight outside of it just being the course of nature, which works for a little bit, but is it, it doesn't give us that kind of it doesn't feel as you know as much of a stark contrast. Good and bad. A child wrote this script, which is what this film is. Yeah. So so you have to do this whole thing of we have no idea why Godzilla has started randomly attacking humanity. He mostly didn't give a shit about us. He mostly ignored us and just fought everything else. Therefore, we believe in the thing that isn't concerned with us and is concerned with the things that would kill us. Now he's gone a bit haywire. And I don't think that works as well as it could have done. No, they... Again, it had to be engineered because these two are usually, at least as they have been seen in this MonsterVerse, protagonists of their film. So... Engineering way to make them fight was always going to be difficult. I actually liked the kind of primal, like, well, you know, they're destined to do this forever. There can only be one type of thing. It's a Highlander situation, so they can't both be alphas, so they're destined to fight. But yet the 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 way they get around that of making Godzilla basically just start attacking places. It, it feels slightly forced. I think by the end of the movie, they do a, an okay job of kind of explaining why he was doing that and why, you know, it, that then lent into the, the the human's actions that then leads to the fight with Godzilla and Kong. Um, it, it's a plot device in the end just to have two massive monsters fight each other. We have to get there somehow. And I think the way they do it, which we won't talk about yet, we'll, we'll reveal in spoilers, is fair enough. Like, I did see, just want to find this exact quote, there was a very because uh, uh, I remember when we when we went to watch this movie, you were a bit wary of the director, weren't you? I was because I'm not a fan of Adam Wingard's work, especially the Death Note movie, which right. which is a movie that that showed that whilst Adam Wingard is at the very least a enthusiastic director when it comes to the movies that he takes on, he's not always in line with what the tone of the content he's making is the death note movie is a fantastic example of that because it so totally did not understand what made death note interesting it's not a problem he has here possibly because there is very little substance to this film and it is just a spectacle Mm -hmm. but it's i can't argue that it's a redemption it's so much better i don't think i've ever seen an adam wingard movie but this quote made me instantly get on his side. Um, director Adam Wingard thought of Godzilla as The Undertaker, the pro wrestling character <laughs> of Fierce and Loner who comes and goes to take on enemies where he needs to. 
um, which I <laughs> fucking loved. I was like, that now makes more sense. You can't don't think of Godzilla as the good guy. Because to be fair to him, they've never really shown him to be the protector of humans through like, um, you know, that, that's his duty. He's not a superhero. He's not doing it with us in mind. He's the planet's protector. And he's there to stop. That's why he was there to stop uh, your boy King Ghidorah in the last one and the Mutos before that, in that they were threatening the ecosystem and he's there to do it. He's basically like a jacked version of the Lorax. So that's what he's there to do. <laughs> um, so to picture him as like, I never completely understand it in the context of he's the Undertaker. He's neither good nor bad. He just strolls into town when there's a problem and he takes care of that fucking thing. Um, I'm, I'm happy to consider Godzilla an undead wizard. I'm okay with that. <laughs> beautiful now um do you want to take a stab at who he envisioned kong as it's not a wrestler but there is one shot in this film that made me think i'm sure that's an homage to something it turns out it was really oh that's interesting um mm, I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna take a stab i think he sees kong as tarzan no you don't fuck okay think 80s action movie 80s action movie oh yeah. god um oh shit uh the print no not the printer just tell me just tell me uh he sees uh kong as john mcclain <laughs> he says john mcclain is awesome cop but he's like one guy versus a bunch of terrorists and kong is always a little over his head in whichever fight he's in there but he's not completely outgunned like he's not useless the odds are against him he's the underdog but he's plucky and resourceful. And I was like, okay. Now, I it clicked for me because there's a shot. It's in the trailer, so not giving this away. During their first fight, um, basically Godzilla blows up the aircraft carrier that Kong is on, and Kong jumps off it. And it looks so much like John McClane jumping off the top of Nakatomi Plaza when it gets blown up. And I was like, that can't be a coincidence. And it turns out it wasn't. They literally filmed that like Kong was John McClane jumping off the building. So points for... I mean, it's already an unsubtle film. So why the fuck would you bother to be anything other than overtly unsubtle? Beautiful. Um, it's, in- it's interesting that you, that you use the word unsubtle because I was just taking a look at Adam Wingard's uh, directorial history. Yeah. Um, so he directed Your Next, which was a... Uh, a horror film released in 2011, which again was not very subtle. Uh, the Guest, a film I haven't seen. The 2016 remake of Blair Witch, which was uh, in every way, shape and form a lesser product than the original Blair Witch, mostly because it was unsubtle. Uh, and he's now been, uh, well, he is developing both a Thundercats film mm-hmm. and uh, I can't believe this is a sentence i'm going to say out loud now a sequel to the nick cage john travolta um, movie face off what yep apparently those are his next two projects uh, uh, okay um uh, unsubtlety is a um a sometimes disregarded trait like it works for certain types of movies i i think some horror movies work better by just being blunt instruments and in fact his reptile he was the perfect person for this I don't need subtlety in my giant monster fighting movies. Like, go do Oscar bait films if you want to do that shit. Like, again, that's the problem with 
Godzilla 2014, it wanted to be something else. It wanted to have depth and human characters. I'm like, no, fuck that shit. Just make the monkey punch the lizard. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, that's literally all we want to see. And, and this movie delivers that in spades. Like, it. it so basically, they um, Rebecca Hall, um, who was some i can't remember a character's name i just remember i hated her in iron man 3 and i think i've got residual hate for this actress in that whenever she turns up i'm like oh fuck it's her <gasps> yeah she um, plays dr eileen andrews which yeah. was probably said at some point i don't know I, again i think it's just i I'm, i apologize to her but i think it's just she's never going to get over him which i really really don't like iron man 3 and particularly her maya hansen that's her name in Iron Man 3. Mm. Uh, yeah, the worst. Um, just everything about Iron Man 3. Just awful. Yep. Complete garbage, and yet the critics loved it. Uh, and I bet you they didn't like this movie. Anyway, she's the head of like the Kong, the, the true Kong show dome. And she's like, right, she, she, sorry, I've skipped a bit here. So we're introduced to um, this Apex Corporation. Um, headed up by... Oh, I haven't got the actor's name. Could you look that up for me, please, Mike? Uh, if it's the chap I think you're referring to, that's uh, Damien Bashir. So he's the um, the head of this kind of... Basically, it's Cyberdyne. Um, he's, you know, they're, they're, they're building like robotics and using technology to kind of improve the world after all the kaiju attacks. And all that could be is he's cutting-edge advanced robotics, basically, is what they're into. Um, and Actually, quick, a quick note on that. Mm-hmm. Um, what the fuck happened that the, the technology jump between uh, King of the Monsters and this? What right. happened in, the, in those like three years? I think Bill Wirtz said it best. Technology is about to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> <That's beautiful>. Sorry. <laughs> I hope you had that queued up, Michael. I'm very proud of you. Obviously. Um, yeah, there is a huge... I haven't even really thought about that. There is a huge leap forward, but if you're not ready for huge leap forwards that don't really make a lot of sense, this isn't the movie for you. <laughs> That's so, true. We they, are nitpicking something that is that we, we both like. So, you know. So they basically, it, it turns out they need like an energy source that's capable of powering this really advanced technology they want to use because nothing on earth is really cutting it. And they go to, um, they go to Alexander Skarsgård. Don't know what his character's name is, unless Michael does. Oh, God. <laughs> the second I put my phone down, because I'm very happy that I managed to crowbar Bill Wirtz into one of our podcasts. Uh, Alexander Skargard plays Dr. Nathan Lind. So um, he's wrote a book about the Hollow Earth, which is something that was introduced to us. It's kind of name dropped in Skull Island, but it's really prominent in uh, King of the Monsters. Mm. And it's basically this subterranean network that uh, allows these kaijus to kind of live and not be discovered um so it's a nice kind of uh deus ex machina for why you know we don't really realize kaijus are around until they appear um and but it now takes on a life of its own in this movie and um your you, your boy in charge of apex thinks they'll you know look at all these kaiju there must be an unbelievable power source down there and we've had satellites kind of confirm it your book which everyone dismisses like crackpot theory we think to be true we need. We're basically mounting an expedition to um, this hollow earth. We want to find the centre of the earth, basically. Yeah, and a journey to the centre of the earth, if you will. Boom. Alexander Skargard's brother had already attempted this, but basically got killed by this gravity flux thing that happened as you kind of go down one of these tunnels. But um, 
Apex now think they have the technology to be able to counteract this. But they don't really want to go down there empty-handed. So they Alexander Skarsgård happens to know Rebecca Hall, and he goes there to convince her to basically let Kong be the tour guide down into this Hollow Earth thing. So that's very contrived, but that's basically how we get Kong out of status and, and on the move. And on the move to our first fight, which is Kong basically knocked out on a um, an aircraft carrier being transported across the sea, which is where Godzilla lives. Um, and <laughs> then they're really surprised when Godzilla turns up. Yeah, and he's pissed. Oh, he's annoyed. <laughs> you bring this shit into my house. Uh, I-, I love that, that whilst it is contrived that uh, Godzilla now is is up for a scrap, there is something that's like I enjoy because normally when you see like Godzilla's big like back spike sticking out the water, especially in the first two movies where they basically had the fucking trucking convoy of all the ships and then yeah. Godzilla, and it was kind of fucking cool. Seeing him come from the other direction, it just gives you like these almost Jaws like vibes. You're like, ah oh, fuck, ah oh, shit, something's gonna happen now, and happen it does. Yeah, and they. So they basically hamstrung Kong. Kong is sedated on this um, uh, aircraft carrier and he's got shackles on. Um, <laughs> now, the most unbelievable thing happens at this point. So Godzilla managed to capsize this aircraft carrier, right? Which you would think, like, well, that's game over for the, the aircraft carrier at the very least. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård, upside down in this boat, managed to hit the button that gets Kong free. They have a bit of a scuffle <laughs> under the water and Kong manages to flip the aircraft carrier the right way up and then all of a sudden the aircraft carrier is fine and okay to start shooting missiles i'm like i don't think that's how that works <laughs> no. really I, I don't think it is weirdly that didn't strike me as the biggest logical inconsistency what struck it as me is what foundry in the world made manacles big enough to put over kong right on short notice no less um, <laughs> yeah that is a very good question I hadn't even considered. So it's an, in, an interesting visit to the to the to the factory there, isn't it? It's like, okay, so what size we're we looking at? What's the biggest <laughs> one you've got? No, that's too small. <laughs> now notice that we're not picking apart the reality of a giant nuclear lizard fighting a monkey. Like that bit we're fine with. It's the <laughs> I don't think that's how aircraft carriers work. So yeah, I, I I don't have any problem believing that 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 Kong and Godzilla are ready to fucking throw down. I have I have a problem with humanity being ready for that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are far more prepared than we have any right to be. But alas, who cares? Godzilla and Kong are fighting on an aircraft carrier. So yep. <laughs> and and it's like it's it's not played up. And I think you say I appreciate it. Godzilla does not immediately just start firing beams and stuff like that. They're just punching each other. It's yep. just a boxing match, and it's really working. So Kong, uh, so Godzilla is basically trying everything he can to get Kong into the water. And Kong is doing everything he can to kind of escape that situation. Basically, just get some land he can stand on, because then he's got a chance. And it all ends with, um, yeah, Godzilla blows up the aircraft carrier. Got Kong jumps off. Um, I can't, how does it end? Like, I can't remember what, like, stalls the fight out. He gets, he, he gets almost beaten to fuck. He gets, he, he taps out. Yeah, and then Godzilla's just kind of like Godzilla does like the 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 villain trope of being like, ah, he's probably dead. I'll be off. That's it. Yeah, they turn all the pair off on the aircraft because Rebecca Hall's like, well, if we just make him think he's won, maybe he'll leave us alone. So yeah, Kong is knocked the fuck out by Kong uh, by Godzilla, and they turn all the pair off. And yeah, Godzilla does not bother to double tap and just goes, 
yep, sure, that's sorted. I'm going to go attack some more humans and off you fuck. So that's Rave 1. Definitively, Godzilla won that. But it was kind of unfair. Godzilla, you know, he was in the water. He was always going to win. It was so, the home field advantage. Yeah. Then the humans have the bright idea. Well, we guess we can't use the sea. Let's just fly Kong to Antarctica. They go in there because that's where the, the easiest accessible... Um, tunnel down to the hollow earth it's where uh, king Ghidorah was in king of the monsters so they again there. <laughs> i need the biggest helicopter you have yeah no that's too small they've got they've got several on him but still that shouldn't be possible at least i they need don't the do... biggest net you have <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 no that's so, too big <laughs> at least they drop him gently i thought they were going to do what they did when they fish optimus prime out of the sea like i fuck him up um so they get into antarctica mm. and they're like right okay we're going to go down to the hollow earth they get the the little deaf girl to to lie to kong to basically say your family are down this hole kong's like aces and off he goes <laughs> if he could if, if he if it was possible for a monkey to sign the word skein he would have done that <laughs> before, before he just shot down the fucking thing if he'd just gone zang and then we would have been fine so we're bombing, so we've got two teams in this, um, in in these uh, these kind of kitted out. They're basically spaceships, and we are going down this tunnel. And you hit like <laughs> this is going to sound bad. So you basically hit this like membrane that separates. There's like a gap basically. There's the inner Earth, which we find out is like um, basically like Pandora in Avatar, mm. in that there's um, these two pieces of Earth that look like Skull Island did. Um, that are on top of each other so there's no real sky in this place you know the sky is the other earth that's working with different gravity mm. you have to go through this membrane into where this gravitational flux happens and then you come out the other side into this hollow earth my brain for some ungodly reason could only liken this to the point where michael jordan goes through the wb logo into the looney tunes world in space jam <laughs> Incidentally, Space Jam 2 out this year. <laughs> oh, God, that looks awful. Oh, it, it looks like a new fresh hell, and I'm there for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm all in. Don't get me wrong, I'm watching it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so so they go through this thing, and gravity starts going mad, and they're all doing their best, like Homer Simpson in the spatial re-entry phase. Um, <laughs> and they then they go through into the Hollow Earth. So they basically travelled hundreds of thousands of miles in, like, ten seconds, and somehow none of them are goo. Um, I guess the ship protected them. And then we get to the Hollow Earth. Now, I'm just going to make a general point about the movie here. They went all in on the cinematography of this film. It is a gorgeous movie to look at. This like, sequence specifically, when they so get to nice. Hollow Earth, it's so... Like, it sucks that they currently have no plans to make more movies in this series. Because yeah. I want to see a movie in the Hollow Earth. That is fucking cool. It's The bit that gets me, it's when Kong goes from like one side of it to the other yeah and there's like that fucking meteorite field in the sky uh-huh. like this is a beautiful fucking concept this looks so good i'm so glad they didn't bother to spend money on like getting really big name actors or, or doing anything like that they went look people are here for visuals let's give them visuals and again that's why i'm really sad i didn't get to watch it on cinema it looked beautiful on my tv i could only imagine what it would look like on a proper even if i got to see it in imax it would look unbelievable to the point where if this is when cinemas do open if they bother to give this a theatrical run in this country 
I might go and see it in X Plus just to, you know, relive it again, just so I can really give it its best chance to impress, because it impressed already on my 720 HD TV downstairs. So, my God, I can only imagine what it looks like on, like, proper good cinema screens. Yeah, no, I was watching it on a on a 1080p monitor, in not even the biggest screen I own, and I was looking at it going, that is gorgeous it just looks so impressive like conceptually i love it i love i love the idea that it's the inverse of the halos well no technically it is like the halo in halo yeah because that's like the ring is just like this continuous loop of land and this almost could be that it's just the 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 sheer size of it that gives it like an almost a false horizon Mm -hmm. it looks so good and i would love to see them do something with that so it's kind of a shame that there's no current plan because I also... good god uh, and, and it's full of the creatures from uh, it's got the skull crawlers in it it's got some other weird shit we haven't seen yet so there's opportunities for more kaijus uh-huh. i'm so happy i would have appreciated like some um like some cameos from um kaiju we know we're not gonna get like if like destroyer was there and um mm. you know we saw moffa again or rodan 2.0 was there and all that good business that would have been Dope. And I can just say, the other thing I really want to uh, um, heap praise in this film, I'm glad with how out there it, go, it decides to be. How balls to the wall, like, mad it is. Consider where we were with the 2014 Godzilla, which was like, what if there was a realistic military approach to a kaiju attack? And now we are following King Kong down a port, a magic portal through to the centre of the earth. <laughs> like, we've come a long old way in the seven years since we had that first movie. We are no longer dealing with realism, and I am all for it. Be as stupid as you want, because I'm here for it. And, like, like it's. I, I, I'm so full of praise for this part of the movie, like, that I don't even care that the plot doesn't make a lot of sense, because it just looks and feels right that they've done a service to these big stupid movies we're not here for pathos people this is what we wanted so anyway we get to the hollow earth and basically this is when we start opening up that kind of kong mythology of Mm. dipping into the godzilla versus kong feud i just realized we didn't do a spoiler alert we're going through the plot of the movie (laughs) oh shit um well i was going to say that we haven't said who the main villain is yet so i was going to say that you know what You've seen that we like this movie. If you want to go and see it, please do. It, I, I would say it's worth the cost of... You know, I know it's 15 quid to watch something on your TV. And the Sky Store rental services is not great. You don't get it for that long. You are not keeping that film. But I think it's well worth it if you can get a chance to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm watching it through HBO Max with a VPN. So if you're already spending the money on a VPN, you'd be sap not to get HBO Max. It works out at around, I think it's £11 um, if you wanted to subscribe to HBO Max. So it's actually cheaper than Netflix at the minute. Um, if, you're, if you're a UK user, I mean, obviously the, the buying cost for VPN doesn't come into that. But if you could get HBO Max, you could watch the because they, they come up for like 30 days. And then they go away. The, the 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 brand new films, um, so you could you could do it now and still watch Godzilla vs Kong. I'm considering rewatching it before it goes away. I would not blame you. Right, spoiler alert. So we can now get into the kind of what well, again. We kind of knew there would be a third party involved so that we could see because Kong vs Godzilla. As much as everyone tried in the press to tell us there will be a definitive winner. 
which to me was like, well then, are they going to kill one of them? I don't see that happening. They they kind of give a winner, but we all knew in the end they would fight for a bit and then be mates. So yeah, everyone where... saw that coming. Exactly, and I'm I'm fine with that. I don't know why they went so over the top to kind of dissuade that because no one was convinced by it. But this is where we kind of get the 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 kind of big reveal of what's been going on. So. Kong basically goes to like his ancestral hall. Who who built that, by the way? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did Kong's God. built that? Anyway, he he sits on his big monkey throne and finds an axe. Um, <laughs> God, I bet the big monkey throne. <laughs> oh yeah, big old big monkey throne. Again, I am. This is film is ten out of ten stupid, and it's great. Um, he picks up an axe, the one we've seen in the trailers. That's basically a wood with a piece of um, like the backplate of a former Godzilla rammed into it. Yes, um, the design of it. I I hate the fact that he's got it, but the design of it is so good. Yeah. The the, the idea that it's like the one thing that can't be broken, yeah. but they've repurposed it. Like that that just that design of that weapon adds history to these big stupid monsters, and it adds a leveler. Like that's how he can not beat Kong, beat Godzilla straight out, but at least it means he's not just going to get absolutely annihilated whenever Godzilla remembers that he has like nuclear breath. Anyway, he racks in a hole in the floor, uh, and that turns on basically like a battery, and this is where the big reveal of Apex comes on. So um, the main, the guy who owns Apex, his daughter, played by, um, and now I only just realised. This was the lady in I Care A Lot. It is. It's Isaac Gonzalez. I hadn't realised that. So I want to give her praise for her ability to not seem to give any shit about anything that's happening in front of her. Like, <laughs> yes. She she tackles going through this gravity vortex and finding like literally the journey to the centre of the Earth in the same way most of us would tackle Tuesday morning conference calls. She looks so <laughs> bored by it all. Um so she basically reveals like, oh yeah, this this expedition, I'm here to take this power away um, because we'd need it to power something very large up on the surface. Um, Wink. Would, wouldn't you know it? As we saw, as we figured out when we saw the first trailer, went, there's some glowing red eyes and a big metal thing there. I wonder what that could be. <laughs> They've built Mechagodzilla. Now, of course they have. We haven't mentioned um, Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> Yeah, her, her entire her subplot. Plot. So she's basically wrapped up. She's 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 gone down the conspiracy podcast uh, route. Um, oh god, yeah, that the way that we're introduced to one of the characters is somebody making a podcast in their car, and I'm like, someone made this film for us. <laughs> this is our origin story. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so your conspiracy guy is played by Brian Tyree Henry. He's going to be in the Eternals. He I is. really liked him in this, so that's helping my um, Eternals anxiety. That's good. <laughs> yeah, on one hand, Brian Tyree Henry. On the other hand, Nomadland. Oh, on the other other hand, Kunal Nanjani. Uh, oh, oh, God. The zoomed-in image of his face on the Obi-Wan Kenobi cast. I was like, oh, no. The harbinger <laughs> of death. Um... So yeah, that's cool. If he's playing Jar Jar Binks, it'll be fucking <laughs> he's consistent with all of his characters. Indeed. So he um, and Millie Bobby Brown and Julian Dennison from Hunt for the World of People and Deadpool 2, who I still don't think he's a good actor. He's only um, 
been in one good. Well, he's only had one good performance. Yeah, I'm I'm not convinced that this kid's going places. No, he was awful in uh, the Christmas Chronicles two as well, but I don't think anyone watched that. Anyway, these three bumbling <laughs> idiots. I got that you watched like three Christmas streaming exclusive movies. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I remember the other day I didn't actually review one of them. It turns out one of them was brand new, but uh, but maybe I'll get friends to that next year. But anyway, these three bumbling idiots, basically masters of espionage, and have managed to find their way through a series of unlikely events into the belly of the beast at Apex who um, Brian Tyree Henry is convinced are up to something dodgy because he was basically looking into, well, why is Godzilla attacking these certain places? And in the first attack we see Godzilla, um, just as Godzilla like, launches a beam that destroys half the building, a door opens and we see this big red eye. And Tyree, Brian's like, the fuck's that? Um, so it turns out Godzilla's been attacking these places because they're using the skull of the, one of the three decapitated heads of King Ghidorah um, to basically create a, 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 a psychic link between a human and Mechagodzilla, which they are building. Which, again, points to the big leap forward in technology that we went from shooting at Godzilla with AK-47s to we've literally built robot Godzilla. Um, the, the way they call it Mechagodzilla is so, like, so ham-fisted. Again, that's why I'm not convinced that the screenwriters aren't literal children. Because it's it's just like we know he's called Mecha Godzilla and we have to introduce him as such. So mates, Robo goes Godzilla. No, Mecha Godzilla. It's like <laughs> like the 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 prefix of Mecha is so distinctly Japanese and it's coming out of somebody like a, a New Zealander's mouth. It feels dirty. Makes no goddamn sense. But it doesn't matter. He's the thing we need to unite the uh, to to call the banners against. I think the design looks fine it, it's it's a bit more megazord than i thought it was gonna look it looks a little bit like oh what's the fucking uh, because there's a simpsons rep quote for everything it's Truc- like truckosaurus it yes, looks it like truckosaurus that's oh my I'm god talking. it does <laughs> i don't hate it I, I think you have to make it look you know uh you know distinct from godzilla because that is the problem of um of Mechagodzilla in the Japanese movies is that it looks like you've made a mold of Godzilla and just poured titanium into it. Yeah. This at least gives him a bit more of a an identity and makes him visually distinct in the coming fight, which he doesn't have a problem with doing because the, the movie's use of colour and actually putting fights in the daytime, like two massive improvements over um, King of the Monsters. If only Marlon Brando was around to voice this as well, that would have been beautiful. <laughs> I don't know whether I should eat you or kiss you. (laughs) (laughs) God bless the Simpsons. Um, So, yeah, it turns out they've got these parasols now. They can turn Mechagodzilla on at 100% capacity. uh, And he instantly turns heel, because of course he does. Because it's basically just King Ghidorah's been necromancied. um, And he's back up and fighting. And now he's about to fight Godzilla. Godzilla doesn't do great. So he decides he needs Kong. And the way he does this is to just literally blast a hole through the earth. Sure, that won't have any repercussions. Um, to basically, and then just stand over it going, Hey, you guys! <laughs> now, this is where, uh, like, the, the Darren that doesn't want to enjoy this film kicked in. Because Kong, like, literally looks up this hole and goes, Oh, guess I'm needed up there. 
and pelts it up into, I think they're fighting in Hong Kong. Um, so he goes to this hole that Godzilla just created for him. I'm like, but what about the gravitational thing? Did we go through that? That's left vague. Um, we burst out of there. The human characters are doing something. It doesn't matter. Um, we get up this yeah, point. It really doesn't. They just kind of, they literally are just there to spectate. Yeah. Also and, kind of feels like the villain in this, like th- this kind of like Jeff Bezos in 30 years looking motherfucker. It feels like that should have been the Charles Dance character from the end of Godzilla King of the Monsters. I did think that, but maybe because we knew he was evil, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have been able to at least think this new guy wasn't evil and kind of go along with it. If everyone knows Charles Dance is a heel, then. But if he would have been revealed at some point, like he steps out of the shadows, just as they reveal Mechagodzilla, that would have been fine. But maybe they just couldn't afford him. Maybe. Do you think it was like, it's like the uh, the whole fake out from the original Godzilla, where it's like, we've got Brian Cranston. It's like, folks, that's my time. I gotta go. <laughs> Basically, yes. Uh, I, I, I can only imagine how many people were pissing off by referring to the 2014 one as the original Godzilla. Oh, yeah, no. Well, we all know the original Godzilla was in 1998, uh, and that's undisputed. Um, I would like to watch that. those two Godzillas fight. You can do it. You can do oh, it. Oh, you could. I'd back my boy Zilla. Yeah, I wouldn't. He'd officially Zilla. Die. Officially Zilla. He'd die straight away. So, he um, gets so... one-bombed in Final Wars. It's so yes, fun to watch. Yes, he, and impaled on a fucking opera house. <laughs> I still love him. Still my favourite Godzilla movie. Anyway, Kong and Godzilla have Rame 2, but Kong's got his axe this time, so it's a bit more even. But Godzilla still wins. Like, Godzilla incapacitates Kong, breaks his shoulder, and Kong is about to die. So, I guess the definitive win, all they were talking about in the build-up in the press to this, Godzilla won 2-0? Like, Kong doesn't really beat Godzilla. Which, in fairness... If you sent most people beforehand, they're like, well, who wins this fight? Everyone goes, well, Godzilla would win that fight. So, fair enough. They went with the uh, they went with the popular choice, I guess. But they could have at least give Kong some win. That would have been nice. Mm. So, anyway, um, sorry, I'm trying to. I'm uh, I'm, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to be able to find it. I just wanted to find the exact bit in uh, two out of three ain't bad to uh, describe <laughs> Godzilla's win streak. Because he very much does not win the fight against uh, Mechagodzilla on his own, so that is that's the construct with which they 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 go. Uh-huh. This is this is why they have to work together because the fucking thing we built is better than literal giant monsters. Okay, yeah. interesting. It, it it at least in something like Pacific Rim, it feels like an even fight because it's established that we've been battered to shit by them, so we've increasingly got better and better at it. This, it was like, we were on the back foot for three movies, and now all of a sudden we're in the super future. It just doesn't make that much of a logical sense to me. However, it's a very satisfying fight they have, and allows them to then say, well, here's why we're not killing one of them off. Yeah, Kong at least, look, look, in the end, yeah, they've got to both come together. They revive Kong by basically defibrillating him with the spaceship engine. Mm. Um, Kong's back in the fight. I know we've kind of breezed over it, but this extended final fight is fucking awesome. Like, oh, they are... the neon start of it, where it's Godzilla versus Kong round two, looks like so Kong, good. 
Godzilla's got a fucking sweet Twitch streaming room. My God. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be in that room when he loses at Fortnite. No, you would not. So they are beating the shit out of each other, punching each other through buildings. Then Mechagodzilla turns up and he's handling Godzilla. No goddamn problem. And it requires Kong to then jump in at the end to bake the big win. And he's the one that gets to cut Mechagodzilla's head off. So you're right, yeah, it was two out of three. Ain't bad. Godzilla, he lost two twice, but at least he got to beat um, Mechagodzilla. Because two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> uh, well, I after... want you. You've started me now, Mark. Yeah, no. I need you. I'll stop. <laughs> If that was the song they played as the two part ways at the end, that would have been <laughs> but beautiful. Just a, but there ain't no way I'm ever gonna love you. <laughs> oh God, we th- that that third act is the single most predictable thing in any film yeah. I think I've ever seen, and yet I love it. Doesn't it. matter. Like, it is a bit of a weird ending that Godzilla just like... It's like the end of Jurassic World where the raptor and the T-Rex basically give each other the knowing nod and then <laughs> part ways. And that Godzilla's like, cheers, mate. Peace. And then just swan off to the ocean like the moody gitties. I mean, that's what the that's what the Undertaker does whenever he ends a feud. So, fair enough. He just swans off into the sunset. So, fair enough. And then Kong gets to go back to the Hollow Earth. And now we have a king below and a king above. Godzilla's ruling the surface and keeping an eye on that. And Godzilla's in charge of the Hollow Earth. It's a bit of a rushed ending, admittedly. Like, literally, I think Mechagodzilla hits the dirt and five minutes later the film ends. Like, we don't give a lot of time for that to linger and for that to really, like, simmer. But if if I was more certain of a sequel, I think I'd be better than that. I would have preferred a bit more of, like, well, what's Godzilla up to? What's he doing? Like, where has he gone to? Like, maybe a post-credit thing would have been nice. But ultimately, this is where we end things off. We got the big fight we wanted. We've basically ticked off all the the A-list Godzilla villains. Like, King Kong doesn't really have any villains other than man, and we're in everything, so I've seen that. Um, we got Rodan, we got Mothra, we got King Ghidorah, we got Mechagodzilla. Who's really missing from that? Isn't like a deeper cut. Oh no, we didn't get Jet Jaguar. Ah well. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have an idea for where you take it. Oh, um, go on. Well, is it a pitch intense all of a sudden? <laughs> it is. If it was me, you, you. The great thing about it is that membrane of the Hollow Earth allows you to do some weird fuckery, and I, I would love it if it's like we don't understand we we know what kong's doing in the hollow earth and he's ruling over these kaiju we know what godzilla's doing on the surface and he's ruling over those kaiju where the fuck are all these other kaiju coming from and then you can do a bit of dimensional fuckery and what i'd lead up to is godzilla versus king kong versus pacific rim oh why have you got to taint this fucking movie with pacific rim because legendary owns both of them i know i know but don't bring that sad sack of shit into my good movie the first movie not the second one obviously uh, uh no I, I i vehemently disagree with that michael just have uh the big the big plant one comes up and you have to fight the big plant monster um well let's let's think about what's left you've brought up destroyer which yeah. feels like the the only one that needs time, but when you've already done you've already done Ghidorah, Destroyer does feel like a step down. 
Yeah, you've taken out the big boss. I admit that that's basically the end of my Godzilla kaiju name knowledge. Um, well, this, this, like... then you start getting into the derivatives. I mean, Mechagodzilla is himself a derivative, but there's Space Godzilla as well. Oh, yeah, Space Godzilla. Which... I, even I, even this film, as for as stupid and lovable as it is, even I would go like, I would groan it, and now there's aliens now. Yeah, no, that doesn't feel like where we're headed to. Especially because we've, because of how impressive the Hollow Earth visuals are. Yeah. Whatever, if they do do something else, whatever it ends up being. I think has to come from that setting, has to deal with the Hollow Earth setting. If it's just, if it's a straight out another Kong film, perfect. If it's a Godzilla film, there may be some contrivances to be had there. But if it's another Godzilla and Kong movie, then perfect. We can deal with both. That's great. Maybe that's why they're not continuing with the franchise as we know it. Because I think there's just, there's a lot you have to cram into it in order to make it work again. We've had the punch-up. We know that even though Godzilla won, they are supposedly equally matched because Kong killed the thing that Godzilla couldn't kill and mm -hmm. res mutual respect, whatever. You then open the can of worms again the second something else comes along. Because if, you know, yeah. Godzilla can't put Destroyer down and Kong does, then it's just like, right, okay, so they've, they've officially become like a fucking 100-foot-tall version of the New Day. And that just feels weird to me. Oh... Oh, lovely, Michael. Well done. Um, no, I get it. I, I, I think if this is the end, I'm perfectly happy with that. I don't know how you top this movie without it being just a retread of King of the Monsters, but this time Kong's there. Like, I, I think we've got two good Kong movies out of it. We've got two out of three good Godzilla movies out of it. So I don't think you need to... I, I, I'm not going to be heartbroken if this is the end. Like... I was heartbroken when I didn't get a sequel to 98 Godzilla because I thought that could have been, you know, the greatest movie ever made. But that's just me. Um, so I'm happy for it to end here. We got we got to the point where we needed to. We got this movie out of it. Like, it didn't feel like an Avengers situation where we were all very grateful to get that movie, but we still are excited for what comes next. Mm. I'm not saying if they then come out tomorrow and say, we're doing another one, that I won't be excited, but I don't need it. I'm happy. It did everything it needs to do. It was great. The longer you run, the more chance you have of it just not working on this scale, of either trying to then make it more lore-based and bringing more of that mythology into it and making it a bit more serious. That's not going to work. Ramping up the stupid, like, say, with a space godzilla or some shite like that, where that just doesn't ultimately work because then it becomes too stupid. This is the balance. And it's okay if it's the last one, because at least we got this great film out of it. Like, don't get me wrong, it's real dumb. If you spend any time, like, because we just nitpicked the Justice League again, but because <laughs> it had really stupid plot points, but it didn't have anything to kind of balance that out. If you sat down and wrote out this plot, I'm sure it's full of inconsistencies and massive leaps of logic. But what it is there, because of those leaps of logic, is really fun to watch. How is, That's all I'm here for. How is this film kind of like the other side of the coin to Zack Snyder's Justice League? Because it is it is essentially a movie that is about a cast of characters you don't much care for outside of one or two really cool people that contains some kind of deus ex machina resurrection and a big cataclysmic punch-up at the end. 
Well, crucially, none of these characters are as boring as fucking Cyborg, and nor do they have as much screen time. So it's got that going for Rich, yeah. you know what I mean? It, and, and, you know, it's a, it's a fight that I actually want to watch again. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I, I, it's, I don't... Because like, the big criticism we have of that is, well, you don't care about any of the characters. They do a good job of humanising Kong, so at least you get that. But it's not like, you know, I'm emotionally tied to the fates of these monsters. But watching them fight is really fun because it's visually interesting. Like, that was probably the strongest point of Justice League, but it's not a patch on what we get here. It's, oh, oh, I could go on for days about the cinematography, how beautiful this movie is. I do. It's stunning. I do want one more fight in the Hollow Earth because we didn't get a fight in the Hollow Earth. No. And I, I feel like a gravitational fuckery thing going on would just add another dimension, literally another dimension to to that kind of choreography. Because even though it's all just CG nonsense, it is framed so well. It looks beautiful. The colour palette, especially with all the neons in this, makes it feel more more pulpy, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Um, I, I just thought, like you say, thunderingly stupid and and incoherent and falls apart the second you put any logic towards it. But it's 100% what we came for. This is this is the logical conclusion of the the Showa era Godzilla movies, where it was just dudes in suits having a punch up in a small set. It is the at the apex of what that mode of entertainment is. Um, also, we could have the Power Rangers fight them, and that might be fun. Now you're talking. Here we go. <laughs> now you've piqued my interest. Um, yeah. If this is the last one, I think it's done well. It's like had the biggest box office opening of any streaming movie. So that includes Mulan, so that's pretty goddamn good. So it's not doing too badly, but I don't think it's gonna make back its money. It just it's it's so limited in its streaming options that it's just not gonna make back all that money. But alas, if this is how we have to go out on it, fantastic. For the Monsterverse experiment, we got three good movies and one so so one. That's a pretty good batting average for all these, you know, we're setting up a universe. Hey, at least they got the four movies. That's better than the other MonsterVerse did. Universal didn't get this fucking far. No, they didn't. Although, to be fair, their first attempt was Godzilla 98. So, you know. No, I meant like the, the mummy and the... Oh, the dark... That, that, that tells dark you everything you need to know about the dark universe. I fucking forgot it existed. Exactly. And don't you be slagging off 98. We're going to have that discussion one day because... I love that film. One day I will do a pitch and tense where I tell you what my sequel would have been to that and it's going to be Over the Deeper excellent. Underground the entire Oh yeah, I found I found a karaoke version of Deeper Underground that was 30 minutes long and I was like, well, that's been, that's been used. <laughs> oh, magical. Uh, you can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Mike and you can go and find Darren on Twitter and Instagram at the Goodridge. You can go and find the site on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the username Fowley and T. That's F O U L E N T. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you can pick up an RSS feed under the username Fowley and T or Fowley and T Podcast, depending on the service you are using. And of course, go to FowleyEntertainment.com for more podcasts, more articles, and more of all the things you love from us, if indeed you do. Right. So we got the two big streaming ones out of the way, the four-hour slog that was Zack Snyder's Justice League and the quite svelte, actually below two hours satisfying conclusion to the MonsterVerse. Mm -hmm. um, what's coming up, 
uh, is the Oscars. Of course, it is that time of year. It is almost time for for me to tell you all about the, the several different varying qualities and tones of movies that I've had to enjoy. I say endure. Quite a lot of it's been good this year, I, I must say. Um, but no, it's it's an interesting race this year because there's not been that much released over the past couple. So a lot of the content, like the hot contenders, are actually the the later released ones, the ones that came out towards the back end of 2020 and the start of 2021. It, it's a it's a very interesting race, although Nomadland's probably going to win it and I will lose all will to live. <laughs> so that's that's going to be fun. Looking forward to that. Uh, we do also have, uh, off in the far distant future, we do have a review of Captain uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming up as well once that has finished. And we are only 20 days removed from Pokemon Snap. And after Lego Star Wars got delayed again, I think I'm going to probably have to pick it up just to have something new to play. So that's going to go well. Um, um, definitely picking that up. And of course, with, the, with, with two more Popscorns in the bag. Now, I'm going to have to double check, but we are getting very close. And I mean very, very close to the 100th episode of Popscorn. I am just going to double check how many we are. Once this comes out, we will be at 97 episodes of Popscorn. Oh, boy. So, so another two, oh and then we're gonna do we're gonna do something special. So Captain America. So I keep saying Captain America. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be ninety eight. What's after that? Uh, Mortal Kombat is on its way out. Uh, I don't. Want, I'm a Tekken man, and you know that. I don't want to watch a Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, it can't be worse than the Tekken movie, Darren. That's a very good point. Yeah, the trailer looks actually pretty decent. It might be Black... No, Black Widow's been put back to July. Anyway, one more film comes out. Oh, God, the Oscars. The Oscars is a Popscorn episode. Well, there we go. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're going to do something pretty special for uh, episode... To be fair, with how long it's going to take, it's probably going to take episode 100 and 101 to get it all done. But still... That's going to be good. It's going to be a fun time, so uh, do keep it tuned to the internet that you don't tune over to the rest of our podcast, and we will see you in the next episode of Popscorn. Bye, everybody! Bye.